You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, uh, we'll give you our locks of the day. We didn't do too well yesterday. Not Bru- good. You know what? Not if good. the refs had to job the Jets yesterday... Damn right. Sure. Now, Penalties we'll do- were 5 nothing but, for the Leafs you know, what until da- the what, end of the game. What did Daryl say? You going to Toronto? Oh, and- what did he say? Yeah. Oh, you mean this that I have right here? Totally ready to go? Where is it? <laughs> do you have it ready it's to totally go? totally ready to go. Our guest is waiting. Um, do you have it ready yet? Do you have it now? Uh, do you have it now? Do you have it now? Uh, you come into Toronto, you know what goes on. I won't say nothing more. <laughs> okay. Listen, I'm not going to say anything more. <laughs> yep. I think we know what he's talking about. Uh, we'll do our lock of the day courtesy of uh, Metal Supermarkets. And we're also taking your text messages at 960-960. I pity Johnny Goudreau like I pity blank. I pity Johnny Goudreau like I pity blank. Our next guest, uh, Sportsnet draft analyst, Sportsnet hockey analyst. He's also from the Pro Hockey Group on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Mr. Jason Bukla. Hey, Books, how are you? Good morning, fellas. Doing great, thanks. It's classic. I love Daryl clips. Just, oh, yeah. I get a kick out of every Daryl clip. It's great. Very, very dry, like a cracker when you're hungover and your mouth is super dry, dry. <laughs> I love it. Well, you got to be able to skate. Yeah. yeah. You can't play in rubber boots. Yeah. That's it. Bet on the horse and roll. Yep. Lots. That we like, Maddie has a bajillion. Another exhibition game. Yep. Um, they, ne- they never get old. They never center, get old. That means nope. cause either because of injury or somebody was horse. <laughs> okay. All right. Oops. Sorry. My bad. Um, we, we saw the uh, the top prospects game, uh, Jason, from somebody I'm sure who watched it. Uh, what were your summer takeaways? Uh, some really good performances uh, from some kids that uh, are clearly on the rise. So, so I'll, I'll give you a brief synopsis here. We started the week with some interviews, uh, Sammy Cos and I, Sammy Cosentino, and uh, really good group of kids, fellas. Like uh, really mature. Like every year is kind of fascinating, right? You don't you don't know necessarily what you're going to get every year, and uh, really good group. Um, they all interacted really well with each other, so it was uh, it was kind of refreshing to see this uh, the types of personalities that were out there um, in the game itself. I mean, uh, Carter uh, Yakumchuk right there from the Calgary Hitmen. He was one of my favorites. Like, wow, did he ever have a great game? Um, Big, rangy, right shot D, uh, attacked off the rush, made some sneaky plays offensively, uh, closed on people defensively, used his length to kill plays. Like if, if he didn't get there on time physically, you know, his reach and his his wingspan got in the way defensively. So he was great. Um, obviously one of the most expe- or most exciting stories is uh, – is the again the boy you know Teej he he won player of the game for Team White and it was well deserved uh, boy he's he's on the rise fellas and and it really starts to to make me kind of dream if I'm a Calgary Flame fan a little bit here because you know draft slot and and whatever's going to happen here with the Flames going forward you know if he's sitting there staring at them in the top ten for example. Um, uh, it's going to be pretty hard to go by him, I would imagine, but he was fantastic. I mean, off the rush, he's a shooter more than a playmaker, but
But uh, off the rush, he made some really good plays. Uh, when things broke down, he chipped it to space, got in on the forecheck as F1, and extended plays, took a bump to make a play. He's He's got his dad in him in terms of that compete. So it's fun to watch. Um, how dangerous is that, Books, instead of maybe taking the, taking the best available player at the time where you're drafting or reaching for, again, like you said, it, Calgary Flames fans, that, that's a dream scenario. His kid playing for the team maybe turns into an all-star, a superstar, helps the Calgary Flames win the Stanley Cup one day. You can dream all day, all night. And but, gets his dad the ring. Yeah, but how 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 dangerous is that if, if you're a Flames organization? Like, at what point it's like, man, this makes so much sense for us, like just the business side of the game, and then does is this the best sense for us on the hockey side of things? How tough is it to manage that down the road? Well, the kid's making it very easy because the business side is a no-brainer. Obviously, it was, you know, there'd be an uptick in jerseys and, you know, a bunch of different type of momentum. But the kid's making it easy in terms of best player available. Like, he's a top-ten pick all day right now. So, I mean, it's uh, this, isn't a, this isn't a gift. This isn't a freebie. He's been a riser since the beginning of the year. You know, 31 goals and 40 games in Kelowna for a team that's, you know, in the middle of the pack there. Um, you know, he's been traded once already from Seattle to, uh, to Cologne in the Western League. He's experienced that. Like when, when you guys start to see more interviews uh, with him, um, like he presents so mature and, and he's really driven. So this is, he's got momentum and it's, he, it's well-deserved. This isn't, this isn't a handout. Like he's, he's that good. I wanted to ask you about some uh, Calgary Hitman players as well. Carter Yakumchuk was uh playing in this game. Just a thought on what you've seen from him this season and where you kind of project him being as an NHL prospect. So, you know, Carter's a little bit older than some of the other kids in the draft class. Um, You know, what I see is huge momentum, uh, no pun intended, because he's obviously a big, rangy guy. Um, His his offense, uh, it projects way more at the NHL level than I initially anticipated at the beginning of the year. I mean, he's doing it at the, uh, you know, at the Western hockey league level, he's, he's over a point a game there, but um, was seeing him last night and seeing how he, he like hit the hole, you know, uh, his own exits when he saw something like, and he went East West too. Like it wasn't just straight lines. Like he, he made some plays um, East West, like his spatial awareness was, was excellent. So, He's trending top four potential prospect at the NHL level, um, better than secondary offense. And, you know, he can play the backdoor flank on the power play too. So he's got, he's got significant momentum. Like he's, he's, he's another riser. He's going to get a lot of attention. And again, we've, we've discussed this and we're going to, we'll talk about it till we're blue in the face, right shot defensemen (laughs) who are mobile with size at the NHL level, are worth their weight in gold. That's just a fact. Wanted to ask you about Carson Wedge as well. He tested really well in the skills comp. Uh, what have you seen from this player this year? And and can testing well in kind of the skills really influence the draft stock for a player like Wedge? I can't speak to everybody else, you know, and how they do their business. I find that the testing is a nice-to-have result, not a need-to-have result. Um, they're prospects that, you know, they're mechanics and and strength and a whole bunch of different things can, can factor into them improving in certain categories. Having said that, Wetch is a strong kid. Like he's 190 pounds. And so he's closer to being a finished product physically, I would suggest. Um, tested well, 
didn't get a lot going on with his line necessarily in the game. He played with the Frasca kid from Kingston and the Blake kid from Ramuski. Um, they kind of had a, I don't want to say a, a rat type of approach to it, but they mm. were kind of like frisky. That that line was frisky. Let's mm. just say that. <laughs> and um, and and Wetch, uh, he was part of that. Like things weren't going his way necessarily halfway through the game, and he got involved physically and was, you know. I think he gave somebody a face wash and was like, "Do you want to go?" type of a thing, and no takers. But uh, he made his he made his presence uh, known that way. I wanted to ask you about a couple of centermen playing out in the WHL as well that were part of this game. Caden uh, Lindstrom and Berkeley Catton both look like they're going to be first round picks. How do you project these guys at the NHL level? So Lindstrom um, missed the game due to injury. He's going to be out for a little bit there, but uh, so he was replaced. But that kid there. Um, you know, he, oh, there's lots to like, and, and, you know, a big body, obviously, um, you know, takes the puck to the cage. Uh, you know, there's some concern about, uh, some in and out at times with him, but I'm, I'm, I'm not as concerned. Sometimes bigger bodies, they look like that and it's not really factual. So there's lots to like there. Berkeley Catton though. Wow. Like, um, him and again, they played on the same line together last night with, uh, uh, the Paratrack kid from Prince George, and you would have thought they were played together all, all year long, the way that they had some synergy there. Berkeley Catton um, is exceptionally skilled, guys. I know he was, the, I believe, the first overall pick in the dub back in the day, but um, like his catch and release, his small area thinking and playmaking and working off the cycle, like low to high in motion and attacking off the rush, like he, he does it all. In the first period last night, he came out and blocked a big shot, uh, you know, a, a scoring chance for the Roberts kid. Colton Roberts from Vancouver came in, had a grade-A chance, and there's there's a skill guy in the prospects game, you know, laying it on the line, blocking a shot early in the game. And so he did it all. I'm really excited about him. He's he's a fantastic player. Uh, Books, um, wanted to ask you, what do, what do teams value more this game or the World Junior Hockey Championship when it comes to evaluating young talent? Well, if you're young enough and good enough to make the World Junior team, I don't care what country you're from, um, we value that more, especially if you can, you know, um, get minutes, get some miles in a tournament like that. It's obviously really high leverage scenario. Um, every game means so much, and it's a grind for young for young guys world juniors you know it's a u20 event so the physicality of it's different um but this one here the the prospect game there's two ways to look at it it could be really it could be a trap like you really can um you know you're going to see some guys uh, uh perform i don't know uh, above their pay grade and then sometimes you're going to get a guy like dickinson um the defenseman of london sam dickinson he's a top five pick all day uh, but he was pretty pedestrian last night, and you know I live in London. I see, I, I've seen him, you know. So, and it's not even a bias; it's just a fact. Like this kid's a hell of a player, but he wasn't very good last night. So, if my, my singular takeaway was, you know, I saw him one time all year, I'd be like, wow, how's he a top five pick? So, um, perspective is everything. You can't get too high or too low in a in a prospects game. Uh, we saw the news uh, this morning, Books, from uh, our, uh, our pal Jeff Merrick. Uh, sounds like uh, the CHL-NHL Top Prospects game will be the final one. Look for the event to be replaced with a two-game series between the best prospects in the CHL versus the best prospects in the U.S. Uh, I don't From from uh, just a, a neutral fan when it comes to this kind of stuff, like 
to me, this feels like a slam dunk, Books, and it's a great idea. Do, do you love this? Is there anything wrong with this? Because uh, I think it makes just a ton of sense. I have no problem with this. I think it's good for the game. I mean, there's a huge market in the States, obviously. Um, and, and our CHL top prospects game, we're kind of sequestered up here. It's our thing. Um, so this is a good news story. The other thing is I was like, I was in Plymouth last week, guys at the U S top prospects game. And, um, it's, it, it, it has more like of an all-star game feel to it. Like the compete level isn't what it needs to be. So this will now elevate their prospects to compete against our top prospects. And that rivalry, that sense of rivalry will be, um, and I, I mean, you're going to have some kids that are from Canada or other places, I would imagine, uh, who are in the USHL playing top prospects for the U.S. side to, you know, whatever, because it's a league thing. But um, it's good for the game. It's it's a good news story. And uh, I like that they'll play twice, too, because it will give you uh, a look at some of them uh, two times over, which is which is really positive. One of the things that I'm always wondering about is who do you see at this game in the stands? Are you seeing GMs? Is it regional scouts? Who goes to watch the top prospects game from NHL teams? Well, I have to say the logistics to get out here to Moncton uh, aren't kind. Ooh. So depending where depending where the NHL uh, brethren were, like GMs, you know, with their teams playing, um, it's harder for them to get out here. So I didn't personally see, um, I'm sure there was somebody, but I didn't see a general manager here. Um, but everybody else was here. So all the, all the scouting directors, some teams, you know, brought uh, six or seven of their scouts. Other teams like Anaheim only had a couple of guys here. So everybody approaches it a little bit differently. But uh, let's just say that there was a whole section of uh, of uh, scout seedos up in the corner, black coats, black uh, black shirts, black pants, black shoes, and they took up a whole section for sure. There was probably a couple hundreds of us here. <laughs> Do you still wear the scout fit? Yeah, because it makes me look skinnier than I actually am. So that's that's, kind of, that's part of it at this point in my career. Uh, I, again, I, I like I like your drip when you do the broadcast, as the kids say, Books. You're looking good on the television. Jason Bukula, uh, sports and hockey analyst, uh, the Pro Hockey Group, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Broadcast Hotline. Big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, Books, sometimes I take unnecessary shots at the Columbus Blue Jackets. Again, I'm just telling you the truth. I just think they're the most irrelevant franchise in the NHL. But that's just my opinion. I don't want to put that on you. But we've been talking about the whole Johnny Goudreau. They're in town tonight. How far away are the Columbus Blue Jackets for being a relevant contender in the NHL? Miles. Okay. Miles. I, they're, they, I, I, you know, I'm never going to say any franchise is irrelevant because, you know, I'm just not going to do that. But um, That's me. I can do that. That's fine. Go ahead. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But uh, but I understand the sentiment. I'll tell you, like Columbus can't get their 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 house in order, and it's been, you know, there's so many tears. And you know, I was at the the uh, the, the tournament in the, um, the start of the season there in Traverse City when Columbus, you know, so Babcock was hired, and you know he was in the stands, and I was watching their prospects, and I thought, geez, like their prospects are buzzing around. This looks like a really like this might be. This might be pretty good, you know. Like it had a good feel to it until it didn't, and it didn't take very long. And now, you know, you fast forward in the season, the goaltender wants out, uh, the team's obviously struggling. They can't seem to get ahead of, 
you know, uh, if, if, if Merzlikens comes out and he says, I'm not a third-string goalie, I want to be the starter, and then the head coach comes out after and he's not prepped for what Merzlikens just said, like they just get in their own way all the time. And it's, uh, it's tough, and, and you worry about it because they've built up the fan base to the point where, you know, they're getting great crowds, and the facility in Columbus is off the charts great. Um, but, you know, how long are they going to put up with it, I guess is my, is my response. What do you think of their prospect pool? And maybe even more into that, um, a thought on how David Juracek's deployment has gone this year. Well, let's start with Juracek. I mean, his his deployment, I would say, is curious, just like everything else that goes on there. Um, <laughs> I really like, I, I like... I'm eating I like all of Juracek. this up, Books, right now that you're saying right now to me. Yeah, um, <laughs> Juracek is, is, a, is a grade-A prospect. I mean, big right-shot guy. Um, I think that he's he could be a top pairing. Um, he reminds me. Um, I, I don't want to put him on this pedestal, but he does have like when I was in Florida and we drafted Ekblad. Like he's got some of those tendencies to his game where he can be really efficient on the power play. Ek is more of a passer where this guy rips pucks. But um, I mean, I really like Jiracek. I hope that we're not losing momentum with his uh, with his development. Uh, because there are some guys there that are pretty young, like Andrew Peak, 25 years old. Yeah. He's been in and out. You know what I mean? Like uh, Bulkfist, 23, Bean, 25. Like you start to lose momentum with your younger guys when things are a tire fire, and um, so I'm concerned that way. As far as their prospects go, um, they're interesting. Like they've got they've got some really good prospects, but they've got some anomalies as well like guys that are um, kind of under the radar interesting picks that um, you know people were kind of I don't want to say we didn't know a lot about them but let's just say they came out of left field a bit some of their picks um, but you know they've got the the uh, up front they've got that Del Bell Blues kid um, who's you know an offensive uh, talent he's 20 years old first year pro on the back end, they've got Matejchuk, right, from uh, the Western Hockey League there. Mm-hmm. I love Matejchuk's uh, brain. Uh, I think he's a really solid player. He's not the biggest guy, but, you know, solid. And then they've got Jordan Dumais, who, um, interestingly, just if we can backtrack for a sec here, I don't know if you guys remember, but Dumais was injured sort of at the Team Canada training camp. They were calling it like a hip flexor or something like that. Fast forward to, like I'm making the rounds out the East Coast here, fast forward to last week in Halifax, and doesn't he have surgery for what could be a sports hernia? Uh, and he's out for sev- he's out for several weeks now. So curious why Team Canada, um, if he was fighting that type of injury at Christmas time, um, had him overseas uh, when we had the guys like Andrew Crystal sitting there in Kelowna, not uh, not even invited to camp. So a story for another day. But Dumay is a high end uh, Columbus uh, prospect, but uh, currently on the shelf. I uh, got to ask you as well, with a couple of moves from the Flames recently, Adam Rzichka was put on waivers by the group. Just has not been a great year for him, despite getting some pretty good opportunity. Um, if you are another front office right now, what are the pros and cons to adding Adam Rzichka to your group? Can I just be honest, guys? Like, I'm not interested in it. Like, if uh, hmm. if it comes across my desk, um, I'm not I'm not buying the stock. Now, I have a huge history with Ruzicka. I've seen him when he went back, or seen him going years ago. You know, and starting to sting in the Ontario Hockey League. Mm-hmm. There's so much to the eye test, the like, right? Big body, skilled. The engine doesn't 
you know, he doesn't redline enough. So let's just put it to you that way. Like for me, you know, at the NHL level, if you can't skate and you can't think and you don't have relentless compete, nothing else matters. Like the rest of your skill attributes, <laughs> they don't even qualify. So I need him to be pushing the, pushing the envelope a lot more than he is. And um, I, I would take a pass on that personally. Um, if you're a Calgary Flames fan, well, obviously uh, we've been following this Oliver Shillington story, and it's so nice to have him back. But Books, if 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 he has you know that side of his personal life in order now, could that potentially pay some huge dividends for the Calgary Flames? Is there a lot more you could potentially see growth wise from Oliver Shillington here? First of all, it's a fantastic story. Anybody who takes time for their mental health and then they come back and, you know, has the full support of the organization and more importantly, his teammates, I guess, um, that's a huge story. So um, I don't I don't know where he's at. So it's hard for me to answer that question until I, I get a little bit of momentum back on him. So, you know, I need a segment out of him, like call it five games um, before. But, I mean, when, he, you know, if we think back a couple of years ago, I thought he was on the uptick. I thought he was trending top four, um, you know, all day long. And, and, and part of that momentum that we were gaining with, like, Anderson a couple of years ago, you know, like different levels, different players, but you get my drip. Like, I felt like there was go, good momentum there. Um, time will tell. I hope that uh, it's, it's going to be a heavy lift, guys. Like, when he does get back in the lineup here, like, I didn't uh, watch all the game last night because, well, it's late on the far East coast here. So, um, you know, when he does get back in a groove here, um, it's going to take time because especially in the middle of the season, these games are hard now. And we'll, we'll just say, see how it goes. Like, let's just give it some time. Um, we've had the discussion cause I know Eric Francis was on our show earlier this week and we asked him once again about a potential Noah Hannafin contract extension. Um, is is there room for even more from Noah Hannafin? We know he's he's a guy that just turned twenty seven today, Books, and it felt like it feels like he's been in the league for a hundred years because he started out so young. But you still see a guy who skates exceptionally well, and I think his game has been better than it was last season for the Calgary Flames. Would you be comfortable with the Flames keeping this guy here, being kind of part of the solution instead of you know just? just jettisoning him out for picks and prospects. If, if you're, if you're Craig Conroy, would you want to keep Noah Hannafin here long-term? hundred percent. Absolutely. So I look at the opportunity that lays ahead for the flames as a retool, not a rebuild. I mean, you know, Weeks, uh, Mackenzie Weger has been really solid. Uh, Anderson, I really like, um, you know, if you can somehow, you know, re-sign Hannafin at a number that makes sense and, and, you know, obviously make sure that he's in a good space going forward uh, to be a Calgary Flame. I really like that. You got Shillington coming back in the lineup. So there's a lot of positive things here, fellas. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a definite yes for me. I think that there's enough uh, on the horizon here um, internally that Connor Zary's been great, you know, um, I watched the first period last night, you know, Schwint didn't play much, but, you know, early in the game, you got a little bit of a taste of what he's like uh, with his brain. You know, he forechecks, kind of kills a play on the half wall. Um, he's above it. All of a sudden he gets a puck on his stick. He's got a great A scoring chance, but he's positionally sound. Like he's smart. So I don't know. There's a, this is a retool for me and Hannafin would be a big part of uh, continuing with some momentum there. Now the flip side of it, of course, is if they don't, 
Um, that changes the landscape on the back end, but opens up some money. They might have to go shopping in the summertime to fill a, uh, a top four void. Um, Books wanted to ask you, um, kind of this is floating around in my big stupid head. Uh, obviously, Elias Lindholm's a guy that um, the, the Flames are, are, I don't know, it looks like he will be traded at the deadline. I don't think there's any question. Not really a lot of talk of extension talk. Is there a scenario where we see Elias Lindholm? Because we, we keep hearing in this city it would be three pieces, you know, maybe a, a play, a roster player, a pick, and a prospect. Is there a scenario, and this really didn't work out for the Senators, but when they traded away Mark Stone to Vegas, they shipped Brandstrom, their top prospect, over to Ottawa. It's like, oh, Ottawa was over the moon getting that guy. Is there a scenario where you see Elias Lindholm gets traded for a team's blue chip top prospect, and that's pretty much it? Or it has to be multiple pieces, you think? Well, I see a scenario this year, guys, at this trade deadline, especially knowing what I know in the draft, um, I believe that teams are valuing or are doing more homework on prospect capital in relation to draft capital. So I think that the Calgary Flames are, let's just say that the the Vancouver Canucks are a a potential trade partner. Let's just say that. I believe that they are looking at, the uh, the Lakaramakis, the Willanders, the Pedersons that are in their in their prospect pool, and they're putting way more value on them compared to Vancouver's current first round pick. So I think that you're onto something there. I do believe that you're going to be looking at, and again, going back to the whole retool as I'm trying to describe it, um, I think that that will be part of the strategy. Um, you know, prospect wise, guys that are close, guys that will be able to uh, further provide that secondary leather or layer of enthusiasm like the Zaries um, to potentially make the team sooner than later. Where, where do you think is the best landing spot for him? Oh, great question. I mean, it's obviously comes down to money, right? But uh, I would say that uh, certainly, uh, certainly Vancouver, you know, they need a secondary layer there in the middle of the ice, um, you know, potentially someplace like Winnipeg, um, but I, you know, I see some, I see something coming out of the war book, like, like a Boston Bruins type thing, you know, where they could, they could really use something like this. And, and the Bruins have been active at the trade deadline, um, kind of doing these types of things. So, I mean, the thing with Lindholm is even when he's not scoring and he's just kind of having a, a three quarter success rate this year for, you know, in relation to his, his ceiling offensively. Um, the good part about him is that, you know, he eats minutes in all situations. He's pretty good in the, in the faceoff dot and he competes like any place fast. So um, there's a variety of teams that would love to have that. Um, again, if I'm the flames, I'm shopping that in a market that has the best prospect available or prospects, even if it's a mid range prospect um, or even if it's a second round pick or a third round pick on top of a prospect, I'm okay with that as well, um, but definitely looking for the team with the prospect that I want the most to to uh, further kind of expedite my retool. Um, uh, our producer, uh, while you're answering that question, had, has a great question for you, Books. Go ahead, Patrick. Yeah, Books. Uh, you mentioned Boston there. Would they? Would they? Are they in a position where they would part ways with a Matthew Poitras in a, in a Lindholm deal, or is like a Poitras like a one untouchable for them when it comes to guys that they're still wanting to see some more from? I think that um, they would be very reluctant to do something yeah. like that with Poitrap, but they might entertain uh, Fabian Lysel, or mm-hmm. who's playing in the American League for them. Who's who's a you know he's a burner. He's an offensive talent, so they might entertain that. Uh, but Poitra, I I know too much too soon from him and yeah. uh, too much of a runway. 
Um, I, I, we, we, we've kept you way too long, but I just want to ask you one question. We always appreciate your time. What's Sean Monaghan worth on the trade market? Oh, that's a great question. So first thing that's, uh, so at one nine, the money fits so well, right? So in a weird kind of way, because the money fits, you're not going to, like it might elevate his status in terms of uh, draft pick allocation. My gut says he's worth a third, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a second because the cost association to the deal in the big picture is affordable and, and there might be a fit that way. So, um, you know, because like Monahan's not a burner, guys, but he does a lot of things very well. He's a pro. He can play in all situations. You don't want him transporting the puck. But when you need a key faceoff win in a playoff game in the defensive zone, he's like at 58, 59%. That's a big deal. And uh, so that, that, that provides more value there. I, I think there's going to be a bidding war on him. I'm thinking late second. My gut would be third. That's what I would offer. But don't be surprised if it's a second. It, is is he like um, I don't know the the backup plan for teams that miss out on Lindholm? I think so. I think he's one of them. I think I think you got to throw Adam Henrique in that mix too. You know, depending on money. Mm. Um, I think those are those are the three. Like as I've been kind of uh, imagining, I was building out my own roster here, my wish list. Those are the three players. So um, again, it comes down to affordability, and, and it also comes down to style of play. You know, the head coach has got to be able to, like, if, if Vancouver goes shopping in the Monaghan uh, market, you know, is Rick Pocket comfortable enough with the pace of play? Like, is he comfortable enough with, you know, how they play the game that he fits? And, and that's, that's, a big, uh, that's a big part of the equation. Um, did you almost fall out of your chair when you heard Bruce Boudreau say that they told him to uh, play Quinn Hughes at center last season? God, I, yeah, I chuckled and, but at the, it was, you know, you ever been caught up in one of those moments where you laugh and then you catch yourself laughing and you go, what, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what, I mean? what was that? Like you laugh and then it really sinks in and you're like, what? So yeah, that, that was shocking. I don't know. Like, oh, so many thoughts, but, uh, so, so unrealistic that, uh, um, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, it's, it's like Brent Burns, the only guy that really went from like a forward to a defensive. You're like, man, that really worked out Bufflin? for that guy's career. Bufflin? Yeah, Bufflin too. Like that's and that's pretty much the list, right, Books? Yeah, and when you're big buff, I mean, honestly, he could have played net, right? Like yeah. you, know, you, you, you get the you get yeah. the feeling Bufflin could have done anything. But yeah, Burnsy did it uh, in Major Junior when he's playing in Brampton. Uh, you know, he converted way back when. So, but. Quinn Hughes, like, geez, he's got to play the back end and, and, and be the whirling dervish that he is. He's got to have the full length of the ice to do what he does. So enough said. And, of course, Sergei Fedorov back in the day with the Red Wings when Scotty Bowling put him on the blue line because he was such a good skater. He was elite. Yeah, and, you know, he could – and that's a good example because Fedorov, you know, he could track up and down the ice. Eh? If there was one guy yeah. that deserved to wear white skates in an NHL career, it was Sergei Fedorov. You know, thank God they don't do that anymore. <laughs> Not a fan. Do you like the shiny ones that Canucks were wearing last night? I don't mind those. I don't mind those. But the whole white skate thing, I got to tell you, like when I was, if I go into a rank scouting and I'm going to see a grade A prospect and he's flying around the ice in these bright white skates, I'm like, seriously, kid, like take a log off the fire. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> don't make yourself any more, you know, noticeable than you have to be. Like, jeez. Okay. Okay. Still, bro. Which is more outlandish? The white skates or the tinted visor? The mirrored tinted visor? Oh, I hate the tinted visor as well. Now, I will say this, though. Like, uh, I think it's one of the Stahl brothers. He needs to wear it because he suffered an eye injury back in the day. So the bright lights of the rink, you know, he needs to just sure. for whatever reason. But, yeah, imagine imagine you walk into a rink now because this is the NHL. Imagine you walk into the rink now. you got a guy with the chrome dome, the, uh, the white skates, and the tinted visor. It's like... It would be like, I love it. oh, I stay away. Stay yeah, away. when Ovechkin wore the mirrored visor at the World Juniors, that was a look. Yeah, oh, that was a look. Yeah, look good, feel good, play good. Yeah, and then Team Canada beat the crap out of him in that gold medal game. Poor guy, they beat the crap out of him in that gold medal game. Uh, Books, yep, terrific stuff. Uh, we we've held you on for way too long, but uh, you're way too interesting. Thanks for this, pal. Let's do it again soon. <laughs> Yeah, guys, love it. Awesome. I'll uh, I'll talk to you. Uh, I'm always available, so uh, give me a ring. <laughs> love it. Uh, thanks, Books. Jason Buchlis. Safe travels from Moncton. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to get out of here today. You know, I've already been delayed twice by Air Canada. Thank oh. you very much. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Shout yeah. out. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Thanks, Books. Yeah. <laughs> See you, boys. Safe travels. Jason Buchla, um from Sports and Hockey Analyst, Draft Analyst, and the Pro Hockey Group on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline. Now, not a fan of the white skates. No, nope, nope, nope. Yep. That, that was... Uh, Even Megan Mickelson told us that story when she wore, like, the fancy skates. She's like, I can't do this. I'm yep. not a fancy skate defenseman. You gotta be... I'm a puck-off-the-glass defenseman, yeah. not white skates. Uh, yeah. But uh, Sergei Fedorov, <laughs> when he played, white skates. Yeah. The guy was such a beautiful skater out there. When you're a burner, you can do it. White hot, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You gotta be really good to wear white skates. Yeah, you gotta be very good. Yeah. You don't see him anymore. Yeah, you can't be like you can't be on your ankles wearing white skates out there. No. in beer league. No, can't do that. Kind of feels like you know, YouTube uh, skills guy type of deal. Yeah. Like, that being said, I don't think McDavid could pull off white skates. He's just too boring of a guy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's He's the too much in the world. Of a horse just, trick yeah, that's fair. Boring. Yeah, like, I think Austin Matthews might be the only guy who could pull it off. Uh, yeah. Well, Trevor Zegers could. No, he couldn't. What a hack. I know you hate Trevor Zegers, but he's good. <laughs> Jack Hughes could wear white skates. Yeah, he, yeah, could. he could. He could. Yeah, he could. I like how I like could. how there's a recurring theme. It's all American dudes we're talking about it's right all now. All young Americans. Yeah. Neil Elias Patterson McKinnon could. McKinnon no. could. No. No. Patterson. McKinnon? I think he could. No. McKinnon's mean streak keeps him away from the white. I think Makar is more white skates than McKinnon. What about Nylander? Oh, no, Nylander, 100%. Nylander would wear the yeah, tinted Nylander visor would. if he was yeah. allowed to. I think, uh, you have to I think you have to have, like, a doctor's note or a medical exemption to wear a tinted visor in the NHL. And, like, it's... Why can't you wear a mirrored visor, too? You can't see your cool. eyes. Okay. So what? <laughs> because everyone Bro would Dury wear them. Bro used to cry about that. The yeah. mirrored visor on Ovechkin. It's more like... It's like a medical oh, thing. Yeah. Like, the doctors can't see Right, I can't eyes. see his eyes where he's shooting. Yeah. That's right. Okay, like... Yeah. yeah, I remember it being a medical thing when we were playing minor hockey. You mm. couldn't have the tinted visor yeah. on your cage. That was a football thing, too. We couldn't have visors playing in a high school ball because it's like... Because they can't see your eyes, and they don't want to take off the helmet if yeah. your eyes are not yeah. good. But at, at the pro level, you know, sometimes the equipment is a lot different. Some guys even wear, like, their visors aren't even, like, barely covering their Oh, yeah, they're tilted Because they tilt them up and stuff. I like the tilted visor. Who on the flames Monaghan is, does that. Yeah, who on the Flames is most likely to wear white skates? Pospisil? 
match the tinted visor. Just uh, really pissed. Just yeah, off. just just really lead into it. You know, I like Audrey White like skates. I like that pick. <laughs> Can I Cor- give you one? What the weak dog in white skates? No, no. What about Raz? <laughs> no. Raz. Yeah, we're like, there's no really white skate guy. No, no, it's not really there. It was Zadorov before he left. Yeah, Zadorov would be the name. He's the guy that every time they asked him who's going to score the first goal today, he said me. Yeah. <laughs> With a straight I face. I like confidence. Yeah. I love confidence. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, we'll do our lock of the day straight ahead. And uh, your text messages. I pity Johnny Goudreau like I pity blank. I pity Johnny Goudreau like I pity blank. 960, 960, name and location. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio um our lock of the day is coming up some text messages we want to do too um i pity johnny goudreau like i pity blank i pity johnny goudreau like i pity blank um something that happened uh last week off air that we kind of talked about as a show that maybe we should do what um gvp got a phone call about a gentleman who's really upset that he's blocked on the text line oh, <laughs> oh yeah uh, Matty yeah. just picked up the phone and just handed it to me. Well, I, when the I, phone's ringing, you should yeah. pick it up. It's literally so, your job. So, do you think? Do you <laughs> think we? Uh, do you think we should have uh, why you should be unblocked text day? The trial of the text line. Yeah, the how, trial of the text line. How are we going they to do? They got to tweet us. Save for, oh. the, flames, <laughs> save for the flames bye week. This yeah. is a flames oh, bye okay, week. Thing. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's a smart call by the producer. That's there. a. Gr- that's why he's the producer <laughs> of the program. <laughs> We're just two knuckleheads, and my brain just idea goes guys. Just I'm an ideas spit man. Spit it onto the table. I'm an ideas man. Patty has to craft it into something Throw beautiful. It up on the whiteboard, whiteboard, we'll whiteboard, whiteboard. 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 Uh, coming back from the All Star break. Yeah, we'll uh, should yeah, we revisit do... our uh, sensible flames takes at the All Star game as well. Yes, uh, yeah. Flames we can look back yeah. at our takes from the start of the season. Okay. Yeah. All right. What I else like is this. on the whiteboard I we like can do this. during the week off? Oh, you, got oh, anything you know else what else we got to do? What? Rick Ball. We got we to gotta talk Rick Ball into a catchphrase. A catchphrase. We yeah. got a big Rick show Ball's bowling to tournament. Text messages. Oh, whoa. Excuse me. <laughs> I felt I, there's some animosity. <laughs> uh, we, got some, we got a big show bowling tournament on the whiteboard. Uh, I want that to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the catchphrase for Rick Ball. Brent Cron wants to be on the next time we have uh, Greg Millen. On the show. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah. A sexy morning report for Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> when did that happen? Was that when I was away? I, I don't remember that, actually, that at all. That was put on the whiteboard. I wrote it when, up there. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I wrote it up there. I, I wasn't there that day. It might have been Shan was my Who was here? What are you talking about? What are you, what are you doing? That's on the whiteboard. It's I on don't the whiteboard. Know. Somebody said make a sexy morning report. I don't know, but I love that idea. <laughs> how, how am I going to... Okay, I'll do it. Yeah, you have no to problem. make it super sexy. Yeah, I'm going to try. And of course, it has to feature a lot of saxophone. Well, Fabio will make an appearance, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Tonight, well, my darling. <laughs> uh, nine, six, I'll read th- off the NHL games in Fabio's voice oh, that night. Oh, I'm going to get you to do so many things. Yeah, right. it's I, going love, to be, I love yeah, your Fabio okay. voice. Um, sexy yeah, Valentine's So day. that's what we'll do when we get back uh, from during the break. Uh, why you should be unblocked on the text line. <laughs> because here's here's how you get blocked on the text line. You're belligerent. You swear at us. You're blocked. Said some. You say so something nice. overly negative, and you're just being a Richard. Yeah, you're blocked. It's like no, no, no. You get to Kemi Matumbo. That's all you do. Blocked, and you're done. Any slur? See ya. Oh yeah, oh, 100 yeah. percent. Bye. Yeah. Any any sort of slur? Blocked. See ya. So you have to make a case on how to get unblocked, 
The thing is, us. we can't unblock you. It has to be from the big guy to unblock him. We can ask. We can ask. Well, we can ask to unblock. Yeah, yeah. Well, he can put in a good word for you. Yeah. Yeah, like, we, I'm sure we can get into the system and see all the numbers that are blocked. I Maybe. Yeah. I'll, probably. I'm sure somebody can. Yep. I wonder how long the list is, because... I don't know if we said this on air before, but I remember under previous regime, we reached a point where we got an email one day and it said, hey guys, just wanted to give you a heads up. We've had a lot of people reaching in that have been blocked Mm. and they don't believe that they've been blocked for fair reasons and that they should be eligible to win prizes and such. Yep. And the only way to do this is to just unblock everybody. So... Oh, jailbreak. Be ready. Yeah. Uh, Essentially, that's what it was. Jailbreak. Let the prisoners out and see what they do. (laughs) And Uh very quickly... It block, 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 block. I got a text message. Uh, let's get this big show bowling tournament off the ground and running. Damn this is a right. fantastic idea. Let's F and go. Boom. Maybe I have to put the work in on this. We got to go find a bowl. Someone we got to go find a bowling place. It has to be on a Flames off night. Yeah. Uh-huh. And get like like some like Flames alum and like them involved. I'm sure Francis would love to be involved. Hey, we'll Tom, do it for charity. Hey, Tom's house. You want to do a bowling tournament with us? Like, is there a bowling alley that want to sponsor it? Do it like on a Thursday night when the Flames aren't playing, or a Friday night when the Flames aren't playing? Something that we could do and have like a bowling tournament, have fun, and do it for charity. Mm-hmm. And have like the four of us as a team, and then like sure. somebody like we auction off. I don't know why you'd want to bowl with us, but like mm-hmm. for the fifth spot on the team. Yeah, or we'll auction all four of us off, and we, or join, that. we join your team. Oh, it's it's like one of those cheesy like TV show slash movie ideas. Yeah, we get to be your team captain. Yeah, okay, something like that. That's not a bad idea too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should get this off the ground. So, if you're an owner or proprietor of a bowling alley, yep, a nice one that you'd want us potentially to be there for. It has to be nice. Now there's just yep. people texting in saying, "Am I blocked? Am I blocked?" Uh, Patty will respond to all those individually. Yep. I will. No, you, you, <laughs> you you would know if you're blocked because you wouldn't. You don't get the re- return response. Oh yeah, yeah. Whereas like this takes like whatever you're. Yeah. You, thanks yeah. for texting us. Whatever. Yeah. If you don't get that response, May charge you. You are yeah. blockoed. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, but big show bowling tournament thing. Sounds good. Yeah. Bowling, I'm not very bowling. good at bowling. I'm terrible. We'll put up the bumper. Doesn't matter. You. Okay, thanks, Pat. Listen to this. Appreciate it. I really need that. We won't do that. Listen, I'm not going to play with. What's the difference? You're just going to get gunned anyway. Five or ten pin. (laughs) That's a great point by you. Yeah. What do you care if you're not bullying? You're just going to get super drunk. That's probably why I'm never good at bullying, anyways. Yeah. Anytime I hit the alley, it's like, what? Yeah. I had 41 cores like. At least. That'd be great. At least. After the bowling tournament, everyone goes to Wild Rose Brewery. See? Yeah. Okay. Maybe Wild Rose. I have a charity in mind that I like to do it for. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brain Tumor Foundation of Canada's got go. a soft spot in my heart. I would, I would, God, they, I'm sure they'd love to be involved. Maddie Rose's Big Wallet Foundation, <laughs> the Human Fund. Yeah, just All give right, me we, the money. Okay, we got to get to a couple things here. We've gone way too long on nonsense. We got to do our locks of the day, and it's brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes, cut to any size and ready fast. Oh, Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal, located on 50th Avenue, Southeast. I am going Calgary Flames again because I was burned in that game against the Blues. I thought it was going to be a sleepy affair with no goals. You know what tonight's going to be? A sleepy affair with no goals. Give me the under (laughs) six and a half for the Flames and 
and Blue Jackets. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be a, a low-scoring affair. Give me the under six and a half GVP. Yes, sir. Uh, for me today, perusing, perusing, perusing here. As you know, I like to do something that's usually wrapped up by the time the Flames game starts. So I've got another first period, uh, I guess, money line for you. Uh, Who's going to win the first? I'm going to take the Dallas Stars to win the first period against the Anaheim Ducks. Okay. Six o'clock puck drop from Dallas. The Ducks stink. The Stars do not. I don't know if you need much more than that. And I actually like the number. You're not getting plus money, but I like the number. Okay. We're going to the Association's Night uh, down at the Mecca MSG. The Knicks are hosting the Nuggets. Mm. Yeah, a real good tilt there. Uh, Knicks are 10-2 and two since the OGN and OB trade. I like the Knicks to cover the two and a half. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. GVP? Uh, I'm kind of on the same page with you on this one, George. I feel like the tonight's matchup, Flames and Blue Jackets, is going to be a sleepy affair, but I'm going to take a different route on this. I'm going to take Johnny Gaudreau under a half point. I think the Flames hold him off Ooh. the score sheet. That's going to be my lock of the day. I like it. There you go. And our lock of the day brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes cut to any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal, located on 50th Avenue, Southeast. Uh, we've asked you on the text line, 960-960, name and location. I pity Johnny Goudreau like I pity blank. I pity Johnny Goudreau like I pity blank. Texty McTexterson is, of course, our Sportsnet 960 to fan texturing robot. What do you got for us, Texty? Adrian in Calgary. Okay. <laughs> I pity Johnny like I pity the fool. <laughs> okay, yeah. Really good job, guys. Okay. Wedley in Bridalwood. <gasps> I pity Johnny Goudreau like anybody who has to play against George in ball hockey. No chance. Okay. Jeremy in Cochran. I pity Johnny Goudreau like I pity those fools that live in Edmonton. Yeah. Go oh, hey! Yeah, yeah. Jeremy in YYC. <laughs> yep. In YYC. I pity Johnny like I pity Maddie and crew for having to work with George. Oh. Hey now, words, words hurt, hurt sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> Jinx! Wow, that was I knew freaky. It was GVP, I know you. <laughs> I'm getting, I, I'm getting to know your drop habits. Well played, me out. Well played. You're welcome. Bryce oh. in Calgary. I pity JG like I pity a finance guy riding his bike in the winter because he has too many DUIs and got his license suspended. Yeah, yeah. Take with the that. thick tires. Oh, yeah, the really thick t- tires. And they've got the gloves that are attached to the handlebars. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not really gloves. They're just like these big envelopes of warmth that you just put your oh. whole hand okay. into. All right. What else you got for us, Patrick? Scott in Mahogany. I pity Johnny G like I pity the fool who comes to the Dome to watch their first NHL game and unsuspectingly drinks eight heroin beers. <laughs> yeah, the last thing you remember is the yeah. second period and then yeah. you wake up in your bed. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> what happened? Was I at the game what last happened? night? <laughs> Why am I still wearing only my jersey? How'd I get here? And my shoes. Yeah. Where'd my pants go? Did we win? Dale in Harvest Hills. I pity Johnny Goodrow like I pity the man who wakes up one morning and realizes that giving in to his new bride and agent 15 years ago completely changed his life and legacy. He is broke, embittered, resentful of his wife and is now living in a van down by the river. Oh. Okay. Oh, it's Matt Foley. Oh, it's a... 
Like lives in the Down bed. by the rim. Down by the rim. I'm glad that was a reference and not just someone who was. No. <laughs> Whoa. I pity Johnny Gaudro. Like I pity those who put pineapple on their pizza. Oh. That mm. gets people really upset. It does. I don't mind a pineapple on pizza. It's, it's good. A little fruit. It's all right. Well. Lisa in Calgary. I pity Johnny Goodrow like I pity the guy who never picks up after his pet when he steps in someone else's dog crap. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Get him. All right. Um, what do we got coming up in Mucho Big Show? A little replay action? Yeah. we got. I got to get out of here at 9. Uh, so, yeah, GVP is going to have some replays, some Flames audio as well from yesterday. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Rate and review and subscribe and stuff if you'd like. If not, that's cool, too. We're a low-pressure environment around here. Oh, mm-hmm. and Art uh, texts in. Uh, there are currently 65 people blocked. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a pretty low number. Yeah. Well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you look at how 65 many... 65 people blocked? Five. How many texts we get, like, every day? Like, 65 is a pretty... Mm. Yeah, no, know. but it's it's been years... Right, but we've built up to that number. But there's also a time when, like, we get like 200 text messages in a show when we really got something going on. Yeah, mm. I like that. 65. That's a good number. Yeah, it is a good number. We'll do that during the break. Let them out. Yeah, let them out. The dogs eat. Let them see. Let, let me see. Let... You're all released. Release the hounds. Yeah, Apple, Google, Spotify, yeah. Amazon. Wherever you get your podcast. Come on. Follow Matty on Twitter. Damage me mentally. I can take it. <laughs> At Matthew Rose. Come attack my emotions. Calgary. Patrick Dumas. Underscore. Underscore. And uh, <laughs> at Garrett. That's it for us. <laughs> we'll talk to you. the tomorrow. first time you called me at by my first name. Garrett. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Brent Cron, are we doing Flames Hot Seat? Because it's not going to get recorded now. Because it was supposed to get recorded, and now it's not. I'm still I, down with doing it. I'm down All right, let's do, do Flames Hot Seat tomorrow. Yeah. Where we really hot sauces and Brent Cron's face goes beat red. We'll do that tomorrow. It's a big show. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.